Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Two minutes past on a Saturday morning. Hey, it's the final Saturday of the month of July. How about that? Dan Grosser Show, we are back. We are live in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the... Telephone number, we're taking it right up until 12 o'clock. Then Anita Marks will slide into the chair. Got my guys, Harvey and Joe. They are producing the program this morning. At Dan Gross is where you can check me out on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they call it these days. The kids, who the heck knows? But nevertheless, we got some things planned for you, of course. Hopefully, we can pack it all in to the next few hours. A lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Great time of year, it really is, because... As far as the NFL is concerned, look, training camp is underway. You're starting to maybe get your first look at the team and the players and how things are going to round into form by the time we get into September and the start of the season when it counts for real. And that's always exciting, right? And look, unfortunately, there have been a couple of way too harsh reminders about the dangers of training camp in the preseason that we've seen across the NFL, thankfully not in New York. But one, of course, probably the most notable in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, where, look, just like that, nobody even touching you and your season could potentially go up in smoke like that. Thankfully, worst case scenario was avoided for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, that it's only a calf injury that might cost him opening day, maybe the first couple of weeks of the season. But at first look at that video, nobody touches the quarterback rolling to his right and he all of a sudden goes down to look like it was an Achilles and it was the Bengals season that would essentially have been done there. But, you know, you have Jalen Ramsey that went down in Miami and he's going to have knee surgery, which is probably going to cost him a couple of months of the season. So you just want to get to September in one piece. And we haven't even began preseason games, even though the regulars don't play that much as it is when it comes to exhibition games. But as far as preseason is concerned, I mean, shoot, it's moving fast, right? We got our first Jets game already coming up this week, Thursday night, Hall of Fame game from Canton, Ohio, Jets against the Cleveland Browns. There you go. We're excited. So our coverage will begin, I believe it's 7 o'clock, I want to say, with Greg and myself on the pregame and then Bob and Marty on the call, of course, as we begin another season of Jets football. And I think, I think I read somewhere that there's a lot of hype and a lot of anticipation for the season this year. So we all hope that it certainly pays dividends. Giants are off and running. You got Saquon in camp saying all the right things after signing his one-year deal. They paid the left tackle. Darren Waller is a beast. All good things if you're a fan of the Giants. And the Jets hosting Dalvin Cook this weekend on a free agent visit. So we'll see if they let him leave the building, as they say. Or is this going to be just another one of these leverage situations where a player uses the Jets to try to get more money from another club, i.e., in this case, you know, maybe Miami, maybe New England, who the heck knows. So we'll be all over that stuff with the NFL. Plenty to say over the course of the morning here. And then with baseball, this is an interesting few days because – Everybody knows you got the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. And that is like the come-to-Jesus moment if you're a baseball team, right? That is when you have to have yourself a good, long look in the mirror and really decide where you are. you got all this data. you got all this intel. You've played a little over 100 games already. I think you know what type of team you have. 
And those are the difficult conversations, I think, that have been going on in most organizations around baseball for the last couple of weeks. And I think that if you're a team that's maybe going down to the 11th hour, should we or shouldn't we? Should we buy? Should we sell? Do we think we could win? Or is it going to be an ill-fated pursuit? Things like that. That's got to make you pull your hair out if you're a general manager of sorts. But I think with the two teams around here, I think that there's more clarity now with the Mets. Right? They traded off David Robertson on Thursday night, which means they don't think they could win this year. And I would agree. I think most Met fans, if you look at it objectively, would tell you this team does not have what it takes from what we've witnessed for the last hundred or so. You trade the closer away, it's not going to happen for the Mets in 2023, despite the fact you got guys in that clubhouse now who are still trying to play their good soldier role and say that, you know, we got a chance and, you know, we're not packing it in by any stretch. That's admirable. I mean, you're a professional. You should still should go out there and try to win every game. And then you have the Yankees, because the Yankees, they're in a situation, at least if you look at the standings, where they're in a lot better position than the Mets are, but they're still not in a great position, and there's still a heck of a lot of questions when you look at this team as to just exactly what they can accomplish here in 2023. And if you ask me right now what I think of the Yankees, some, what, 103 games into the season? I don't think that this has the look of a World Series team, do you? And I know that they got back number 99 in the lineup last night, which was great, right? It was good to see him out there. You know, he had a, you know, the eye was there, if you will. You know, he laid off some pitches, which were pretty tempting, and worked out a few walks, got on base a few times instead of just going up there and hacking away and trying to play the role of hero in his first game. All good things for Aaron Judge, but it was almost like Aaron Judge wasn't even in the lineup last night. And therein lies the problem with the Yankees. And it really has been the entire season. And, of course, it was accentuated even more when Judge was out of the lineup for the last two months. And that's the simple fact that the rest of this Yankees lineup is absolutely putrid. Right? A little bit of a different look last night. The fact that Judge was in there, but it was pretty much the same results. You know, everything fell into place for you last night. Maybe aside from, like, the three-hour rain delay or whatever it was at the start of the game. That was biblical, the crap that they had going down there in Baltimore. And I guess we're supposed to get some of that a little bit later on today. But you get Judge back in the lineup, right? That's got to provide a big boost for the morale of the club. You got your guy back. You got your dude, right? You got the MVP. Anything is possible. You got your ace on the mound last night. A guy who right now is, you know, right there, either first or second, depending on how you want to slice it in the American League, in the Cy Young race. He's been that good. He has been as advertised as promised, Garrett Cole. That's what you would expect. You're going into Baltimore against the first-place Orioles, the team that's got the best record in the American League. And, boy, have things changed fast, right? Remember when the Orioles used to be a punching bag for the Yankees? And they would just go down to Camden Yards, and the question was, not would the Yankees take care of the Orioles, but just how badly they would do it. And how guys like Glaber Torres would absolutely pummel the Baltimore Orioles to where Baltimore's announcers, remember Gary Thorne used to sit there and on the air basically like, why are they pitching to this guy? Can you stop pitching to Glaber Torres? Blah, 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 blah. Well, things have changed, haven't they? Despite the fact Baltimore wore those hideous City Connect uniforms last night, it still felt like an American League East showdown. And unfortunately... If you're a Yankee fan, you got another painful reminder that this Orioles team ain't going away anytime soon. And as I've said many times, and I'll say it again, if I had to buy stock in one team in the American League East for the next four or five years, it's the Baltimore Orioles. They are loaded with talent. 
And the guy who pitched last night, see, a lot of fan, a lot of fans that maybe don't necessarily follow the Orioles follow baseball league-wide apart from their own team. They just look at the stats and they just look at, you know, the performance and whatnot and look at a guy like Grayson Rodriguez and say, well, wait a sec, this guy had a 6 ERA last night. And he steps out on that mound last night and he just mows down this Yankee lineup as if they were little leaguers. Well, yeah, that's true, but Grayson Rodriguez is one of their top prospects. Grayson Rodriguez is one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Okay, kid broke into the big leagues this year, broke camp with them opening day, had a rough go of it the first few months, you know, as any youngster would expect to have at times, went down to the minor leagues, pitched really well down there for a couple of months. They've called him back up. He's made a few starts, and you know what? Back-to-back performances now, one against the Tampa Bay Rays, one against the New York Yankees, Guy looks as advertised. Grayson Rodriguez is going, to be, is going to be fine for them. So much so, Grayson Rodriguez might be the reason why Baltimore doesn't go out there and add starting pitching at the trade deadline. But this is a team that not only are you going to have to deal with this weekend, this is a team that you're going to have to deal with for the next several, several years in terms of them being one that you might even be chasing. Because that's how loaded they are with talent. But the problem with the Yankees... Again, why is this offense as bad as it is? How? How did we get to this point? Okay, like I said, Judge walked three times last night, first game back after missing two months. What more can you realistically expect? But what about the rest of the team? What about the other guys in that lineup? You know what the rest of the Yankees did apart from Aaron Judge last night? How about four for 28 and a walk? Four for 28. I don't care who the hell's on the mound, whether it's Grayson Rodriguez, Mike Messina, Jim Palmer, who the hell cares? You got to be better than this. And isn't it funny how, like, having Judge in the lineup was supposed to make things easier on everybody else? It was supposed to make the rest of the hitters more productive, alleviate some of the pressure on those guys. Didn't look like that to me. And if you take the blueprint that the Baltimore Orioles used last night, and I'm sure that other clubs, if they're smart, are also going to approach the Yankees exactly the same way in that why, oh, why, oh, why would we bother pitching Aaron Judge? Why would we let this guy beat us? Let me dare Anthony Rizzo to try to beat me. Let me dare John Carlos Stanton and his shiny 196 batting average try to wreck the game with the bat in his hands, you know? Even though he had a couple of hits last night, I mean, DJ LeMay, he has not looked anything near a two-time batting champion like he's been in the past. Let me see how many unproductive at-bats Anthony Volpe is going to have and try to expose him as a young, still-developing player. That's how you approach the New York Yankees. It's as simple as that. And maybe, you know, why I think that the schedule actually benefits the Yankees this time of year because, look, you could, you could look at this offense and you could look at this anemic attack and you could say to yourself, well, yeah, you know what? They need some help offensively. Fine, great. But do you really think that one bat is going to make a difference? Like, what is the bat that is out there right now that is actually going to sway the fortunes of the New York Yankees? Clay, or Clay Bellinger, that's his father. Cody Bellinger is going to do that? If you go get him from the Cubs, that's going to be the big difference maker for the New York Yankees? Really? I don't think so. And that's why I think the schedule makers right now actually, in an unintended way, I think benefited the Yankees in the sense that deadline is on Tuesday. 
You're playing the Baltimore Orioles right now. You're stacking up against this team, the team to beat in the division, let's face it, and you could see the shortcomings that you have. And then after Baltimore's done, you've got Tampa Bay coming in to the Bronx for three games starting on Monday. Tampa Bay, legit. When Tampa Bay's done, then you got the Houston Astros coming right in behind them next week for four games going into the weekend. Altuve's back in the lineup. Jordan Alvarez is back in the lineup. So you're getting some heavy hitters deadline week. Those are the type of teams that not only are you going to have to battle it out with to try to make the playoffs, but teams that if you do get to the playoffs, you're going to have to go up against. And you had your best guy going last night in Garrett Cole, and he pitched about as well as you could possibly ask him to, and yet you still lost, and you still couldn't score any runs. So if you're the Yankees right now, and if you're Brian Cashman, I'm not sitting here saying sell, but do you really think that going out there and adding another bat is going to make any difference whatsoever? And how this lineup has performed, even though Aaron Judge is back in the fold. And they could chalk it up as, well, you know what? We got Aaron Judge back. Aaron Judge is going to be good enough and just as productive, if not more, than any other bat that we could bring in from outside the organization. Fine. You know what? Sell that to your fans. That's great. But the reality is, you look at the Yankees, 100-plus games into the season, and I know they have a winning record. But they got a huge mountain to climb right now. You seen what the Boston Red Sox are doing? Think about this. The Boston Red Sox, who themselves, by the way, are still not in the playoffs. Like if the season were over today, the Red Sox still would be out of the playoffs. But they won again last night. They've won five in a row, 16 of 21. They're nine games over 500. They're hitting the absolute cover off the ball. And that's still a team that you have to climb over. And right now, if you just go by the eye test, the Red Sox look like world beaters and the Yankees can't score a run. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll hear from Aaron Judge. We'll hear from Aaron Boone when we come back. We'll take your calls as well. We'll get into the Mets situation because the fire sale has begun for them. Even though that some in that clubhouse object. Namely, Max Scherzer. We'll hear from him a little bit later on as well. We'll get into all the football with the Jets and the Giants. Boy, I guess the Jets are not too popular outside of New York. And there's a lot of teams and players and coaches that want to take shots at them, as a matter of fact. Plenty to get to here on this Saturday morning. We roll till noon. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, tough loss, obviously. I mean, held them down so well. Had a couple opportunities. You know, Frazier makes a great play there. Santander makes a great play, and that was the eighth inning. You know, one big swing from their side. So tough after a long night here, but we got to get back on the horse tomorrow and get after it. To say the absolute least, that's Aaron Boone. You can probably tell the voice by now. Dan Grossa Show. 98.7 98.7 ESPN on this Saturday morning, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And if you're the Yankees at this point, to waste the Garrett Cole performance, like I mean, that almost stings more than anything else. You know, those are the games you absolutely have to put in your pocket as wins if you're the Yankees because right now, who else in this rotation do you feel super confident that every time he takes the ball, he's going to pitch you to give you a chance to victory? Nobody like Garrett Cole. And you couldn't have asked for anything more than this guy. And yet you couldn't score a run. I think it's an uphill climb right now. I think it would be an ill-fated pursuit if you ask me. And, and the bottom line is this, too. Look at the Yankees' record this year against the division. They're 13-18 and 18 against the American League East. I mean, maybe that tells you all you need to know as to why they're sitting there in fifth place. But there's a lot of other teams in this American League that have played better baseball than them all season long and looked the part as postseason contenders more than the New York Yankees have. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's get to the phones and see what you guys have to say. Marvin in the Bronx is going to start us off here on 9870 SBN. Marvin, good morning, my friend. How are you? As a lifetime Yankee fan, I always have to be hopeful no matter how how dreadful things look. And it's it's it's... It's scary because August 1st is my birthday, and I was hoping a good birthday present with some acquisition. Well, Marv, let me back. wish you a happy birthday in advance in case we don't get a chance to talk between now thank, and August Thank you, 1st. Dan. It's a pleasure that? always talking to you every Saturday. But to, to sit and watch this team and watch Derek Cole go to waste, I mean, the effort this guy puts forth every game he goes out and pitch. It's scary, but it, it, it's disturbing. Then also, um, I think – some of the players, players are aging before my eyes. I mean, this is anemic batting line. One guy's not hitting and stuff like that, you know, and it's disturbing, like I said. But my hope is still there that they'll make it a playoff run, you know, but that's just me being a lifetime Yankee fan. It's ingrained in me. But it's disturbing watching this team. I, You know, Marv, I, I understand – you know, how you would feel and why you'd feel that way, and I thank you for the phone call. But I disturbing might not be the right word that I would choose to try to categorize how this club has played so far over 100 games. Now, look, there have been a lot of twists and turns, and I know the Yankee fans don't want to hear this, and we've spoken about this plenty over the last few months. But there's going to be some factions of that front office when the season is over, which, look, in all probability – is going to end with another season that doesn't include a World Series championship, right? I mean, it would be an absolute shock right now if you, if, if you know, we wake up on November first or whatever the hell it is, and the Yankees are World Series champions. It's not going to happen. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that try to pass this off as well. 
you know, Aaron Judge wasn't around for two months. And if Aaron Judge doesn't go down, he was playing at an MVP clip before he goes down. Remember, the play he got hurt on, he caught the damn ball, crashed into the fence, through the fence. And they thought it was one of the greatest plays they've ever seen, right? The guy was still like Superman until he wasn't. And so there's going to be people that point to that and say, that ruined our season. Aaron Judge doesn't get hurt. We're on our way to the playoffs. We're fast-tracking all the way to 95 wins, possibly even a division championship. We're going to be buyers at the trade deadline, blah, 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 blah. But that's not the reality. And to play the what-if game is dangerous. And when you also draw back on the fact that not only have the Yankees not been to the World Series since 2009, it seems like there's other clubs in the American League, maybe even some in their own division, which seem to have passed them by, i.e. the Baltimore Orioles, right? Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay. Tampa, Toronto, even though maybe they haven't performed like we thought they would on paper, they got a lot of talent. They're not going away anytime soon. The Boston Red Sox, if they ever decide that they want to actually play big market, big spending baseball again, and maybe remind Heim Bloom that he's not running the Tampa Bay Rays anymore and pinching pennies, maybe the Red Sox are once again going to be a juggernaut in that American League East. And that's just this division. You know, there's still some really good clubs outside the AL East. It's a tough spot to be in right now. It really and truly is, but you can't allow that to mask the reality of where the Yankees are at. Subi in Midtown is up next here on 98.7. Subi, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dan. Regarding the Yankees, um, I feel like this team is definitely not a balanced team. Um, so what I was looking at was a lot of these players are clogging up the roster for the past couple of years, whether it be Glaber Torres or um, you know even Anthony Rizzo at this point because of his injuries. They don't pursue free agents who are available, like, for example, the Texas Rangers did. They pursued uh, Simeon and Seager, and they're getting a lot of results from the middle uh, of the infield from those players. Do you feel like that's where the mistake was made with the Yankees because they were relying on these players and they didn't pursue those key free agents? I mean, that's like it's hard to um, estimate. It's hard to predict, but that's exactly what happened. The players were clogging up. Uh, who, are, who aren't plant producing at this point this year. And I think that just goes with the fan base, too. I think the fan base was sort of hinting at that, and then the uh, management of the Yankees didn't pursue those free agents. That's well, all I got to say. Subi, thanks. Here's the thing, though. Texas Rangers have spent an inordinate amount of money over the last couple of off-seasons. And remember something. That first year, Marcus Simeon, he had a horrible start for Texas. But they gave Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, two middle infielders, close to $500 million, half a billion dollars, essentially, on long-term deals. When was the last time the Yankees did something like that? Bringing in guys outside the organization, apart from Garrett Cole. Right? Apart from Garrett Cole. I don't count Judge because Judge was one of their guys. And they had to bend over backwards to keep him. All right, you want to say that they paid Rodon, but they didn't pay Rodon anything close to that. And some people thought, a lot of people thought in baseball, that Texas was ridiculous for giving that type of money to those two guys. And they had a bad season last year. This season, things have turned around for them a little bit here. They brought in a Hall of Fame manager. You got Bruce Bochy off the couch and had him come and oversee this whole thing. Didn't work out for them, but they gave Jacob DeGrom $185 million. 
right? And they thought he would be the guy that would be leading this rotation instead of already rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Nathan Avaldi had himself a really, really good year, or is having himself a good year, all-star the whole nine yards, but he's not making that kind of money. Texas is spending a lot more than the Yankees have the last couple of years, just in terms of quantity of players. There's four. We, we, we've talked about this a lot. Like, if you want to, you know, track and find the root of why the Yankees are performing like they have so far this year, okay, you look at the four guys that are eating up the most money on this roster right now. Judge, and he missed two months. Garrett Cole, he's been great. Carlos Rodon, he's made four starts. And he finally had a good one against the Mets last time out. And then you have Giancarlo Stanton, who... Did they need him once upon a time? The answer is no. We know that. But he fell into their lap. Miami's eating some of that money. But the guy's batting under 200 for crying out loud. He's a shell of what he used to be. A shell. He'll run into one every once in a while, but he ain't that slugger, that feared threat, the former MVP caliber player. That's not him anymore. So isn't that based upon roster construction right now? Isn't that the reason why this club is where they are? Like, if you're going to sit there and point blame at somebody. Are you going to blame the manager for this? Right? Do you think do, do you really and truly think that Aaron Boone is the one who deserves the 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 lion's share of why the Yankees are where they are? Or is it the guy who put the team together? Think about it. Think think long and hard about that as to why they are where they are. 800-919-3776. And so we mentioned Glaber Torres. Look, if the Yankees are going to do anything between now and Tuesday, think about it for a second. If you're realistic in assessing their chances of winning a World Series, which are not good at all, wouldn't it also maybe behoove them just to make a trade to maybe change things up a little bit? And Glaber Torres is the guy that has value. He's not a rental player. He still has another year of control for whatever team that's going to be next year. Yankees might be able to get something actually decent in return. Somebody that even might be able to help you opening day of 2024. Maybe addressing even a bigger need than what Glaber Torres contributes to your team. That's really the extent of it right now when you're talking about the Yankees and what they could potentially pair off. 800-919-3776. We'll hear from Aaron Judge. We'll also talk a little Mets. Their fire sale has now begun, but for how long is the sale going to extend to? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Judge back in the Yankee lineup, but much like it's been, can't get any offense generated with the reigning MVP in the fold. So let's hear from Aaron Judge. How did he feel in his return last night? I got no hits. I don't know about how well, but, uh, you know, really a shout-out to all the guys down in Tampa. They got me ready with a couple good at-bats. They had some good arms down there, and they really got me locked in. But for me, I just try to go out there and just do my job. You know, I don't really put too much pressure on myself. Just get on base as best I can for especially, you know, Rizzo stand behind me and, you know, see what happens. Did you feel comfortable at the plate at all, Aaron? Yeah, we felt all right. You know, I think I was a little jumpy to begin with, and then I think it was after my second at-bat, you know, swinging at a high fastball, I kind of told myself, all right, like, you know, take it easy a little bit and just, you know, have a, put a good bat out there. If you get a good pitch to hit, you know, take your swing. So, you know, we, we felt all right. We weren't able to get, a, get the win tonight, but, you know, a couple guys hit the ball hard. They made some great plays on defense on the other side. So, you got to tip your cap and, you know, come out tomorrow swinging. And now the last thing that's going to be pretty interesting is seeing how it plays out moving forward. All right, Judge is back. He's clearly not 100%. He even said as much. But the Yankees have gotten assurances from the doctors and whatnot that apart from anything unforeseen, he's not going to do any further damage to that toe just by going out there and playing baseball unless he gets into another collision or somebody, you know, uh, somebody drops a piano on his toe or something like that, which I don't think that's ever happened on a baseball field. So how do you strike a balance between being cautious but also realizing, you know what, maybe it's not the best to want to play every day? I think it goes to your preparation, just how you prepare. You know, if I'm preparing and, you know, taking care of my body and what I need to do to make sure I can go out there every single night and play nine innings, then, you know, I think we'll be in a good position. So, you know, I think Booney might have some other ideas, but we'll talk about it. Like I said, Booney meaning, you know, Judge might want to play, but the Yankees looking at the bigger picture and looking at the $362 million investment or whatever it is that they made in Aaron Judge, looking at this thing in terms of the long game, and he might not even be in the lineup tonight. Who the heck knows, right? I mean, just to get him off his feet again, we'll see uh, a little bit later on today. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. As for the Mets, they won last night. They beat the Nationals. Yay, Mets win. They've actually won two in a row against the Nationals. Yay, the Nationals stink. Mets beat them. Yay. Well, there's been so many of those this year, right, where the Mets win a couple of games against horrible teams, and you're thinking, oh, Maybe this is the turnaround. Like last week, remember they had a couple of real big games against the Chicago White Sox? White Sox stink. White Sox are sellers, right? Even beat the Yankees that first game, and then they went out there the next night and they get shut down by Carlos Rodon, right? I mean, this is who they are. They're not a good baseball team. They've had 100 opportunities, more than 100 opportunities, to be able to right their ship, and they haven't done it. They're five games under 500. They are who they are. And I actually give this front office credit to realizing the fact, and I don't know how much of the input was from the owner and Steve Cohen, but I admire the fact that they took that long, hard look, and it shouldn't even have been that long and hard. If they watched all the games just like Met fans do, they realized this team ain't even that good. And they decided to start selling off. And boy, just like you can't predict sports, if I would have told you back in early March, before the World Baseball Classic, of course, which was like the first domino to fall as to maybe an indicator that this Mets season was going to go belly up. But if I would have told you then that July 29th, the Mets would have traded David Robertson, who, remember, was originally supposed to be their eighth inning guy, 
And because of the Edwin Diaz injury, stepped in, played the role of closer, and did an unbelievably good job for them. I thought he should have been their all-star over Pete Alonso, but whatever. But if I would have told you that the Mets, with the richest payroll in the history of Major League Baseball, would be selling David Robertson to the penny-pinching Miami Marlins for two teenagers, guys that aren't ready to help at the big league level for at least probably a couple of years. You would have thought I was crazy. The Mets in sell mode to the small market Marlins? Yep. And a funny thing happens along the way when you're on a 162-game ride. And if you're the Mets, you know what? Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop now. There's other guys that you could trade, right? Tommy Pham, Mark Canna. Mark Canna. God bless Mark Canna. Last week, didn't he have that game against the Boston Red Sox on that Sunday? They, they, they made a point of it where he had like three outfield assists in the game or whatever it was. Most he's ever had in his career in one game. Great. Thursday, he had the game-winning sacrifice fly to drive in the run after the rain delay against Washington. Great. Keep it going. Pump up that trade value. You know what? Even if you could get back a kid who's in the ninth grade playing baseball someplace, who looks like he might turn into something 12 years down the road, take him for Marcana. It don't matter. Anything else that you could pair off, you do it. You know, if you could send Adovino to someplace, great. You want to send uh, Brooks Raley someplace, great. Tommy Pham, of course, right? He's had himself a really, really good year. Those are the type of guys. Keep going. Now, it's funny. Too. I, I, I snuck out of town last couple of days, you know, just to get a little sun, a little fun. You know, it's summer, right? Got vacation. Take it. So the trade happens Thursday, and I'm just, like, reading some of the comments and how, like, Met fans are, like, irate over the fact that all they got in return for David Robertson were, like, these couple of kids. Guys weren't going to help them anytime soon. And, you know, some people who, you know, cover the game on a little wider level, they point to the fact that this time last year, when David Robertson was a member of the Chicago Cubs, the Phillies traded for him. And he helped Philadelphia get all the way to the World Series, as we know. But the Cubs were able to get back from the Phillies in that trade a pitching prospect by the name of Ben Brown. Big six foot six kid, guy who's, you know, a top 10, 11 prospect. Maybe with a little bit more upside, as they say, than the two kids that the Mets got back for Robertson from Miami. And people are just killing this trade. Oh, my, how do you get back just that? I can't believe that's all they got back. Kepler is clueless. You know what? That might be true. I'm not going to sit here and refute any of that. But here's what I will say, though. You can't judge a trade, much less a baseball trade, two minutes after it goes down, especially when you're dealing with the unknown. And the unknown in this case are the prospects and the minor leaguers. Nobody knows how these kids are going to develop. We talk about every year, for example, the NFL draft and how much of a crapshoot it is. And sitting here and judging a trade is just like assigning grades to the draft the next morning when it's over. You have no idea if these players are going to work out or not. You have to give it some time. And especially when you're dealing with kids who are 18, 19 years old, coming back and going into the low levels of your minor league system, you're going to tell me that they're good or they're bad or they're going to work out or they're not going to work out? That's nonsense. But what is completely fair game, 
is the fact that you have every right, if you're a Met fan, to question the confidence in the front office. And if there is going to be a quote-unquote sell-off, do you have faith in this regime to be able to execute that? So much so, I mean, let's face it. Worst-kept secret in the world, you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Mets are going to have a new czar of baseball operations next year. Whoever that might be, whether it's Theo Epstein, whether it's David Stearns, whoever. There's going to be somebody else pulling the strings in baseball ops. And Billy Epler last year, when the Mets were buyers, won 101 games, tried to win the whole damn thing. We're in a position to go deep into October. They tried to add to the team. And what did it do? Brought back Daniel Vogelback. Brought back Darren Ruff. Michael Givens. Tyler Naquin. Guys like that. None of them made an impact. None of them. The only impact those guys made is it just made the fan base hate the front office even more. That's the only impact it made. So if they swung and missed handsomely trying to add players, you could be skeptical as to whether or not you trust them being able to sell off some spare parts. That is 100% completely valid. 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show, we roll till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. This portion of the Dan Grasa Show is brought to you by Monkey Sports. From beginner to pro, they have what you need to take your sports game to the next level. Visit monkeysports.com. Yes, monkey spelt just like the animal. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone. There you go. See that? We know our spelling. We paid attention in class, boys and girls. Yes, we did. So Max Scherzer goes out there last night, pitches a real good game against his former team, the Washington Nationals. Day late and a dollar short, unfortunately. And one of the reasons why the Mets are in the hole that they are in are guys like Max Scherzer have not performed like you would expect them to do. So Max, after the game last night, was kind of peppered with questions by the assembled media, as you would expect, because Scherzer's name is one of those that's been thrown out there as a possible trade chip, even though it's a little bit more complicated. A, he's got a no-trade clause. B, he's got a player option for next season for tens of millions of dollars, of course, which any team that would consider bringing him on would expect the Mets to take on some of that salary for sure. And maybe he feels that he just doesn't want to move around again. 
Or maybe he's got some assurances from the front office that, no, they feel that they could contend again next year and that this year was a blip, it was an aberration, whatever the hell you want to call it. So here was Max after the game last night about his potential future in Queens. Probably going to have a conversation with the front office. I mean, you're trading our closer away. Um, you know, you know, we're gonna, I'm sure a bunch of people are going to have to have conversations with the front office. Well, look, and one of the other things he said, too, and I, I commend him for this, and several other players said as much, too, even as right after the Robertson trade happened on Thursday night. Look around the room, right? There's nobody to blame but themselves. The organization, ownership, the front office, they gave them ample opportunity to turn this thing around. It didn't happen, right? But Alonzo, even though he hit a couple of home runs last night, okay, that's great. You know, maybe he's starting to find his swing again. That's great. But you know what? He scuffled for pretty much the last couple of months. Jeff McNeil was a batting champion last year. Look at what he's hitting this year. You know, Max Scherzer has been way more a disappointment than a guy who's a future first ballot Hall of Famer this season. Justin Verlander has been kind of up and down. You know, and on Starling Marte, a guy who was an all-star last year. You know, he's had a very, very disappointing season. And now, of course, he's dealing with the migraine stuff here. So you had all those things. You know, Edwin Diaz going down during the World Baseball Classic. Guy was the best reliever in baseball last year. That crippled the bullpen because it meant more of a shoulder for everybody else that they would have to absorb, right? And not everybody was able to pick up the task. So the reason for that, all the added up, that's why you got the Mets where they are. That's the bottom line. Here's Max Scherzer talking about, well, what do you make of the David Robertson trade? Not at this point. I mean, obviously, we put ourselves in this position. We haven't played well enough as a team. I've had a hand in that, you know, for why we're in the position that we're at. Can't get mad at anybody but yourself, but it stinks. Amen, right? Don't make excuses. He's 100% right. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's say hi to our buddy Wes in East Hanover. He's up next here on 98.7. Wesley, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Dan. How you doing this morning? Good, buddy. What's going on? Excellent. Not too much in Good Morning Company. You know, I saw I was calling about the Scherzer business. When I read that, that he wanted to have a, a, a talk, a conversation with the front office, I thought, what do you want to talk about, man? Nobody wants you. I know you have this no-trade clause. Are you, you Who are you going to wave it to? No one's going to want to pick up even that, that salary, even if the Mets split it, because he's been washed for years, and you called that early, early, early on in the season on DNR. And that's just the truth. And so the only thing I can think of the conversation he wants to have is, hey, if we're punting on this year, let me go ahead and sit out the rest of the year, come up with some kind of injury for me, so that way I don't waste uh, my arm because I'm opting in for my $42 million next year. And you heard him say that. I'm here next year. So he has all intentions of opting in, and I don't know who would want him. So maybe that's the only thing he can have in the conversation. So that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Well, and I think also what it is, and Wes, thanks for the phone call as always, my friend. He wants to have a conversation. Because remember, he's got a no-trade clause. So even if the Mets did find a taker for Max Scherzer, they have to run it by him, and he's going to have to consent to it so he can go anywhere. He, I guess, wants to have a conversation with the front office and saying, all right, obviously we're not making the playoffs this year. We know that. What about 2024? What does the future have in store for this thing? Are we going to be, like, rebuilding? You know, are we going to trade Justin Verlander in the offseason? Are we going to shop my name around in the offseason? Are you going to try to trade Starling Marte in the offseason? Like, what, like, what is the plan? Are you going to try to get younger? 
You want to reset the luxury tax? Like what? So those are the conversations that he wants to have, and he's entitled to that. You play this game long enough, you've accomplished the things that he's accomplished, and you get that written into your contract. You know, those are the answers that you get the questions. Uh, you know, you get the questions answered. Good for him. But I don't. You know, I've gone back and forth with this. I really, really have. Like, how realistic is it? for the Mets to just pick up right where they left off at the end of last year for 2024. You're telling me just bringing Edwin Diaz back is going to fix the bullpen? And by the way, speaking of Robertson, I wanted to say this too. You can't rule out the possibility. Like, nothing says, because we see this all the time, nothing says that David Robertson can't re-sign with the Mets in the offseason and be the eighth inning guy as was originally intended next year. You know, sign him to a one-year deal. Nobody's going to give him more than a one-year deal at this stage of his career anyways, right? That's how he's kind of done it. He's gone year to year over the last few seasons. Nothing says you can't bring him back. Have him as the eighth inning guy, Diaz as the ninth inning guy, as you originally intended it to happen in 2023, and see where it gets you. But there's a lot of guys who I said have underperformed this year, and the organization is going to have to sit there and decide, was that a blip? You know, was this just an off year for a large number of players, key players on this team? And oh, by the way, too, I'll just put this into the universe just because it's a fact. Pete Alonso is going to have to get paid, right? He and the Mets tried to have some conversations during the offseason spring training of this year, and it didn't get anywhere. So he went to arbitration, right, as he's entitled to as any player. But he's only got one more year of team control. I don't know what kind of money that Pete Alonso is going to be asking for or is asking for. Now, has he had a great season this year? No, it's not great. It's okay. You know, he's put up the power numbers. He's only batting 220, even though batting average doesn't matter anymore in, in, in this day and age of Major League Baseball. Pete Alonso's a guy that if the Mets really wanted to shake this thing up, he's got value. He's got one more year of control. What happens if they make a blockbuster deal with some other club out there, whoever it would be, and if they realize, you know what, we're not going to be able to sign Alonso long-term? because maybe even the Mets don't want to go as high as maybe Pete is asking, and they decide to trade him to some other team for a big-time all-star caliber player or multiple players that they think can help them in 2024 more than, let's say, one player. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. I'm just tossing things out there. Things surprise us from time to time in sports. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We'll get into some football as well as the baseball stuff. Dalvin Cook going to be visiting the Jets this weekend. Another superstar going to be added to this team potentially? Hmm. Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Yay! Mets win.